The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, good morning or good day on this Martin Luther King holiday. And... um, And uh, instead of delight, that's my favorite holiday. And I love that Martin Luther King's expression, soul power, was his translation of Satyagraha, which is uh, Mahatma Gandhi's uh, um, term, which literally means holding to the truth, but sometimes is translated as power of truth. And um, and so today we'll continue the this five week introduction to mindfulness meditation. And last week was the foundation of it, the way I usually teach, which is with the breathing. And this week it's um, mindfulness of the body. And for some people, mindfulness of the body, uh, in the way that this last guided meditation was done works but better than mindfulness of breathing. There's something about um, uh, narrowing perhaps or focusing on the breathing or something about the breathing which for some people um, uh, evokes challenging feelings, emotions. And so it's not necessarily useful to center on the breathing. Um, but uh, to kind of be more broad and just feel the body without focusing on any particular part but letting it be a gentle drifting and opening and receiving of the different parts, sensations of the body as they appear, um, is uh, frees up the mind that is usually fixates and then maybe becomes reactive to what's happening. Um, and, um, And this ability to be grounded in the body, to become more embodied, is a central feature of the Buddha's teachings on mindfulness. His classic instructions um, uh, in meditation always begins with mindfulness of the body. Feeling the whole body and relaxing the body are his two explicit instructions around the body. Um, to, f- uh, to feel the whole body and to relax. Let the calming of the body. And that prepares the ground for further practice and the, the, the unfolding of meditation uh, he also made very strong statements about there is no awakening without mindfulness of the body. And he said, there's one passage where he says that in many different ways. There is no experience of the deathless. There is no um, freedom without mindfulness of the body. And um, uh, so um, it's a, fa- a fascinating topic to become more sensitive to your body. I think for many of us in modern society, there's a lot of momentum and forces in our modern society that um, disconnects us from our body. In some ways, excessive screen time takes us away from really being present here in our body. Uh, Sometimes sedentary lives, um, we don't benefit from all the different ways the body can move and awaken itself and 
and um, and inform inform the rest of us, inform our, our mind, but all the different uh, um, you know uh, parts of the body and how they interact and play and come alive. Um, the uh, it's you know it's been known that uh, for many of us, um, in particular, there's usually some of our sense doors which are underdeveloped. That if we go to um, the to people in in uh, some societies where they emphasize, uh, put much more emphasis on certain uh, sense doors, are much more attuned to the environment, and those sense doors are much more acute. Just like um, uh, many of us in the modern world use just a small part of our capacity to me- to remember, to memorize. Uh, back in the ancient world where there were no books to store things and no internet to look things up, and so you don't have to remember it, the only way to store and uh, information, knowledge, stories, songs, um, was to memorize it. And so people had a much better capacity to memorization than we have today. Uh, people sometimes had a much better capacity for sensing the environment around them. And um, so uh, to meditation practice is partly a, a um, developing, cultivating a greater capacity for attention through all our senses, not just through kind of the mind's eye, not just through cognitive knowing what's happening, but uh, a heightened capacity to feel the whole body and to awaken the whole body. People who've had very difficult experiences, trauma or very difficult emotional trauma challenges, sometimes will, um, uh, uh, it becomes too difficult to feel the intensity of their emotions and so that they will shut down their body and uh, shut down sensing and feeling parts of the body some people, because of their their professions, their kind of the way they're raised, because of what's prioritized in society, mostly live in their neck up, in their thoughts and ideas, and in their eyes. Um, and um, and uh, but so much of our emotional life lives in our full body, in our torso, especially in our chest and our belly, and uh, by not really cultivating and developing a heightened sensitivity of our torso, uh, we receive so little, so much less information about what's happening to us and uh, the impact the world has on us, the kinds of responses we have. Um, a Zen teacher many years, years ago, Katagiri Roshi, uh, said that um, our body is an antenna. And I love that idea. It, it, it's, it's a it's a, the body is just uh, primed to take in information, take in sensations and from the environment and process it. It's also primed to take in or to express um, what's going on with us emotionally, what's going on with us reactively, what's going on with us in the mind. And there's an intimate relationship between the state of the mind and the state of our body. As the state of the mind changes in meditation, the experience of the body will change as well. Um, if um, sometimes when the mind is really peaceful and calm and spacious, the body will feel the same way. And then if the mind suddenly remembers, um, you know, some 
slight, some offense that someone did a long time ago, and suddenly things contract, you can feel how the body contracts too. We have a thought, a memory, and the body just tightens up in response to that, or it gets hot or tense. And um, as the body relaxes uh, and softens, so does the mind. And the advantage of mindfulness of the body is that as we, it provides so many subtle cues of what's happening in the mind. And those subtle cues are not just cues, but as we feel and are open to receive them and allow them, um, things tend to relax and soften. Giving breathing room to our experience uh, allows something to soften and relax. It's kind of like if we were tense in the shoulders and really tense somehow, and a friend who cared for us, we trusted and uh, a lot, just gently kind of came over and put their hand on our shoulders. Only then do we realize how tense we are, and then something relaxes. It's almost like you don't have to think about relaxing. Oh, okay, something relaxes. There's something about bringing this kind of kind, available awareness, receptive awareness, to what's happening inside of us in our body that moves tension to relaxing and moves um, um, the, uh, the, the, the emotions, the feelings that are emergent, that don't come with tension, but come with kind of a feeling of suffusion or flow or um, radiance uh, to grow and spread out. So, uh, you know, so, um, um, you know, as things get, uh, when gases get warm, they expand. And um, the, um, so when ice warms, it melts. So that which is frozen as, as the warmth of attention that opens up to us, then the places where we're frozen begin to thaw. The places which are already soft and open expand outwards. So anger, greed, hatred are all parts of kind of being frozen or tight or constricted that as we bring attention to it, uh, they tend to relax. Anything that involves clinging can relax. Uh, Anything that involves suffusion, a kind of a gentle, warm kind of radiance like love or kindness or generosity, that grows in that space of awareness. So the more we can be in our body in this uh, receptive, open uh, way, the easier it is. Some people find that it's easier to be with the sensations of the body if there's a, the, the, the rhythm or the beat of breathing is keeping us there in, centered in the body. Just breathing in, breathing out, breathing through whatever's happening, breathing with whatever's happening in the body, kind of keeps the grounding, keeps us centered. Other people find that it's just not useful to be so much with the body, with the breathing, but it's easier, easier for them to just kind of be relaxed and not focused on, not, not inclusive of the breathing. The breathing may be sensations that may be in the background, and for the time being, it's, they're not useful to feel. And so just feeling the rest of the body more globally is what is helpful. And then eventually the people who find it's best to avoid being with the breathing because it's triggering of something, fear or something, um, uh, at some point there's a shift. And at some point they're ready to kind of 
take in the breathing. And, and I've been that way sometimes where I would ignore the breathing, uh, but then at some point the breathing kind of came in through the back door and then I was uh, able to stay with it and it was nice to be with. And the breathing itself is a very rich ecosystem that in itself kind of is a, some, some way kind of an aggregate of all the different uh, reactions, feelings, uh, sensations that are happening in the rest of the body. And so they, it's, it's almost like a meeting point of everything. So it's a, the breathing itself is a really an invaluable part of this exploration of the body. So this talk now is, was meant to be a, to provide the, the reasons why it's so valuable to be connected to the body. Of course, it's not always easy to do this. The body can be a difficult place for many reasons. But to begin opening up to the body, begin being interested in it and, and, um, and listening to the body in a deeper way like you'd listen to a friend is invaluable and a very important part of this mindfulness practice. So much so that I feel it's unfortunate that we translated sati as mindfulness. Sometimes I wish we had translated it as bodyfulness. So um, if this meditation was interesting that we did today, you might practice it one more time today before tomorrow. And if um, And as you go through your day today, you might uh, do a very simple thing, and that is um, periodically, uh, maybe with some reminder, uh, check in with your body and say, what's happening here? What's happening here? And uh, maybe if you're maybe alone a little bit so you don't trouble other people, if you have a device where you can set a timer for, and you decide how often, once an hour, once every 30 minutes, once every 10 minutes, so that uh, you get a little ping and then you kind of check in. It doesn't have to be more than a five-second check-in. What's happening here in the body? Oh. And that regular check-in into the body. Oh, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, will slowly over time provide you with a uh, greater literacy of your body, greater ability to listen and recognize what's happening. And I'm pretty confident um, that listening to your body will uh, provide a lot of wisdom, that a lot of wisdom come in Buddhism comes from this grounding in the body. So uh, thank you very much, and I appreciate a lot uh, this chance, and um, look forward to tomorrow. <laughs>